Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will laugh with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war thought I would say this in my uh, 41 years of life and with my conservative mindset that I have had for all of my life, but I find myself saying out loud oftentimes and certainly in conversation with friends, but where are all of the feminists? Where are all of these self-proclaimed women who have been fighting and shouting and, you know, being champions for women all of these years since really like the 60s and the 70s. But where are all of those people? Where are all of those women? We see day in and day out this continued sort of erasing of women and what it means to be a woman and the the femininity and all of the things that come along with womanhood really whether that be a biological definition or the things that we are naturally given by our creator um, to carry as part of our essence whether that be nurturers or the the caretakers of the home, the raisers of the children, um, you know, all of those things seem to be not just slipping away, but they seem to be being robbed, like literally taken away from an entire gender group. And when I go back and I like think about feminism, I guess maybe I have these kind of stereotypical ideas, which I don't, I mean, this might be a controversial statement, but I don't think that necessarily all stereotypes are bad. I think that they come about because a, a large group or a, you know, you've encountered a scenario enough with, you know, a type of person or a group of people or whatever the case may be that, you think, oh, okay, well, you know, it's it's relatively applicable, or I've I've experienced this in 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 large numbers. I don't think that they're always negative. I think that there's positive stereotypes as well. Um, but you know, I have these kind of like ideas of these maybe more, I don't know if you want to say quote unquote kind of hippie um, women who, you know, I I, I think started that or became a part of the feminist movement to raise the voice of women, to have women um, be sort of more prominent in certain areas of our culture. Now, I also think that feminism was kind of brought out or 
um, implanted in our way of thinking, whether that be in the culture or in our universities or in our schooling system. I wholeheartedly believe it was a concerted attempt to start the slow breakdown of our society. Because before you had all of these ideas, you typically had, um, you know, women staying in the home, uh, whether that be, you know, homeschooling the kids or getting the kids up and ready and getting them off to school and then tending to the things around the house, whether that be the grocery shopping or the house cleaning or, you know, your very traditional gender roles, which I'm a huge fan of. I think that they exist for a reason. And I think that societies and culture thrive when those roles are more uh, traditional to our innate kind of biological alignment, if you will. But kind of what feminism did, and it's it's very clear to see how um, it does not at all benefit women. It doesn't benefit men. It doesn't benefit the family unit. Um, you know, this idea of women empowerment was only women empowerment if you were outside of the home. So let's raise our voices, women, and let's get out there and let's get into the workforce and let's parade ourselves around as, you know, people that can do any job that men can do. And, um, you know, look at us. We're so fierce. We're so smart. We're so anything other than a homemaker, right? So it was sort of like a double attack, I feel like. I feel like it was this 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 pull to get women out of the home. You get them in the workforce. You have a second income to tax, right? We never had that before. If you just had the husband working, that was one taxable income. Well, now we've put women in the workforce, so we're taxing their income. We've also now got a stronghold on their kids. We can take kids and we can put them into the public school system, which again, like, do I think this is all a plan? Absolutely. And it's not that hard and it's done very well. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of the fallout from that. But as these things sort of happened, we also really started demonizing and villainizing this idea of a stay-at-home mom, of a homemaker. We started creating all of these false ideas about what those what that job, because it is a job, running a household is a job. Um, we started, you know, these these sort of soap opera culture, right? Like where, oh, these women, they don't have to work. They just sit at home with their feet up, um, you know, watching soap operas and eating bonbons all day long. And like, I, I don't think that that is a, um, you know, a statement that people probably haven't thrown around themselves before. So it was, it came from, it came from two sides. Like there became this idea that you weren't maybe of value if you weren't contributing monetarily to the household, i.e. out there working your nine to five working girl. Um, but that the opposite was horrible. You were going to be villainized if you chose to not enter the workforce and stay at home and cook dinner and have the laundry done and, you know, tend to all of those things that were very, very commonplace up to probably, I would say, you know, really the 70s and the, and the 80s. I think we really saw it where, where moms full force entered um, kind of the workforce. And part of that, I think, 
not to completely um, take away from, I think, some of the great leaps and bounds that women in society have made. And, um, you know, I've, I've worked my entire kind of adult life. Um, even when I was married, I was never that stay at home mom, even though that was my heart's desire. Um, I always pictured myself in a more traditional role. I wanted that. I wanted a house full of kids. I wanted to be the, the, you know, the PTA mom, if my kids went to public school or homeschool my kids, I wanted to have dinner on the table every night when my husband got home from work, you know, all of those types of things. I, I saw myself living and breathing in those um, roles. However, I was also really proud of myself for going to nursing school and for graduating and for having a career and for, you know, I provided the health insurance for myself and, and, and my family for a long time. So I, I did, I carried some pride with those things as well. And I think that a lot of things, well, not a lot, but there are enough things out of the feminist movement that I think we could, that we could be proud of. Um, but ultimately, I don't think that it did uh, as much good for us as we thought it was going to do. And now looking back or having some hindsight or kind of exploring what I believe the purpose of the feminist movement was, it did a bang up job. It did a great job. It's, um, you know, like I said, it took women out of the homes, it got us another another income to tax, it put our children in public schools, kind of created that like separation of parent child, which we know is critical um, to the growth and development of the child. And also, I think for for family unit and structure and things of that nature. So kind of carrying now over into modern day, there are so many flaws and so many challenges and, and, and really things that I can't wrap my head around about kind of what would be the modern day feminist movement. And, and really my question is, where are all of these people? Where are all of these people that were your, your woman's woman? You know, they, they were willing to get in a, you know, a, a good debate with a man. They were willing to express all of these things that women can do and there shouldn't be a wage gap. And, you know, these, these, just these, these women's women, they, they, they're, they're almost non-existent. They have become quite silent in a lot of what we are seeing um, kind of play out uh, specifically, specifically as it relates to this whole transgender, um, you know, not so much the LGBTQ, I would say just the T in the alphabet soup. Um, but I, I, I don't want to get there. I don't want to get there yet. I want to, I want to kind of save that because um, that's really where my biggest challenge is in trying to play the mental gymnastics that I think a lot of these people are playing. And when I say these people, I think I'm, I'm specifically referencing women who would probably consider themselves to be a feminist, who would um, argue that 
women can do anything that a man can do that, you know, death to the patriarchy. Um, we've been oppressed. We still are oppressed. Those, those are the days when I reference, you know, the, those types of women, um, and, and that are absent from, from that conversation. But before I get to that conversation, I just kind of want to examine a little bit more about like this feminist movement and this kind of like plague that has now happened. And I do think it comes down really, really hard at the university level. I think girls go off to college. And unfortunately, I think that the nature of our culture in general is not um, is not good for, I think, both young men and women um, going away to college. And I don't think that our universities um, are, are really learning institutions anymore. I think that they are indoctrination institutions and propaganda machines. But you have all of these very young, impressionable women who, um, you know, depending on how they grew up, whether they grew up in a two-parent household, um, you know, dad worked, Maybe mom stayed at home. Maybe mom worked also. But I think a lot of, of, of young women are coming out of college with this sort of uber feminism mentality of like, my life is only of value if I boss babe until I'm 35. I have a career. I don't need no man. Um, there's nothing that a man can do for me that I can't do for myself. This sort of like, it, it's almost like a fake hyper independence that I witness a lot with young women, um, both college age and kind of shortly out of college. And I don't know that it's necessarily inherent within them. I think it's definitely external pressure. There's just this, this notion that, you know, women have to grind and we have to sacrifice maybe some of the things that are more innate to us, like getting married, like having a family, like, you know, being the mother and the nurturer and the caregiver, um, those things that I think live in all of us. Um, but we're just sort of really comfortable abandoning that for this idea that your worth and you are only valuable to our society if you're out there on that grind, if you're hustling, if you have a nine to five and a side hustle. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that your kids are in you know, public school. It doesn't matter that your kids have to go to aftercare. It doesn't matter if you have a nanny at home, you know, taking care of those kids. That's not where your value lies anymore. Your value is in being a paycheck, being an earner, um, you know, in, in, in some regards, being a two income earner. Look at what I can do. And we're setting ourselves up for such failure. And I see it already. I see the I see the failures already because that culture then directly leads to the burnout culture. It leads to the failed relationships because women are so exhausted. They've been, you know, because all of their other responsibilities don't go away. 
if you are married, if you do have kids, if you're working outside of the home and you're running a side hustle and you're this, that, and the other thing, your regular responsibilities don't go away. They're only compounded. And that's actually what we're not taught in this feminist boss babe, you know, movement. We're not taught, oh, by the way, you're also going to still have to try to meet your husband's needs or your partner's needs. It's an integral part of a relationship. We don't just get to abandon our spouse's needs because we also had a hard day. We don't get to have our kids cook themselves dinner because we had a hard day at work. No, all of the regular responsibilities still exist. And we've added more to our plate because that's what we think we have to do in order to live up to these standards or the comparison game or the judgment game. And it's wild to me. It's wild. And again, this is coming from somebody who works outside the home. I have never been a stay-at-home mom. And I acknowledge that all of my duties and responsibilities still exist on top of maintaining my nine to five and having to provide for myself and having to provide for my son. It's a little different. I'm a, I'm a, I, I consider myself a part-time parent because I only have my son half the time, you know, with a shared custody situation, but I'm the sole breadwinner. So yes, I have to figure out a way to make income, which is okay. I'm perfectly fine doing that. But my other responsibilities don't stop. They, you know, my son still needs to be taken where he needs to go. Basketball practices, friends, friends' houses. I still got to do the grocery shopping. I still got to do the cooking. I've still got to do all the household stuff. It doesn't go away. And I think somewhere along the way, we've gotten into this idea that like it's an exchange and it's not an exchange. It's just an add-on. And again, I know personally for me, I know which one I would love to eliminate. I would love to eliminate the outside job. And that's even coming from somebody who loves her job. I love my job. I love what I do. I love who I work with. I love the service that my company provides. But if I had my choice, that's not where I would invest all of my time and my, you know, my daily energy. It's not where I would invest it. And I also, amongst that, what's also very interesting is that there is this very strange expectation that while women get to sort of abandon their traditional roles, you know, being at home, cooking, cleaning, raising the kids, women get to abandon those things. And if you're young and if you're not ready for that, okay, that's fine. Go boss, babe it up. But women have very, very high expectations that the men continue to hold on to their traditional roles. So let's look at dating, for example. You see so many women and so many, I mean, gosh, even women, I feel like their mentality is girl, but they're, you know, of womanly age or their body. But They're out there grinding, they're doing their thing, they've got their job, but yet if they go out on a date, it's their expectation that the man 
pay for dinner. But I didn't think you needed a man. I thought you were I thought you were good on your own. I thought you could handle all of this. But yet the minute the guy at the bar wants to buy you a drink, you'll take the free drink. So maybe in addition, feminism has created this like very, very obvious double standard. So feminism wanted to eliminate gender roles, but really all it did was force the male to strictly adhere to his, where we get to cherry pick as women what we are going to adhere to and what we're not going to. It's this strange sort of like we can be in control and we just get to like dictate, you know, almost almost to everybody else, you know, what what rules and what roles and things you have to follow, but we don't really have to follow those same rules. It's really weird to me. It's very strange. And I don't know that men are buying into that. I don't think that men necessarily, and it's not because of, it's not because of ego, I don't think. I don't know that men want their wives making as much money as they do. Not because they're not capable but because it's sort of it's sort of a it's 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 kind of what they're what what they're for right like the, like the men have carried that for so long and i'm sure it's probably a pride thing like i can only imagine if i i mean yes again i'm the single provider for for myself and my son but that's got to feel really incredible the equivalence for me as a woman of potentially my husband coming home from work every day and me serving him dinner that I have cooked for him in my mind is the equivalent of, you know, the man coming home and being proud of the fact that he's just gone outside of the home to earn money to bring back to take care of his family. It's not pride from an ego standpoint. It's pride from like an accomplishment standpoint. And this also like give and take of what those, what those roles are in those relationships. It's like, you know, the man can go out and serve and take care of the woman's kind of like outside world. And then when he comes home, the woman has been home and has been taking care of the inside world. It's a wonderful balance. It's this balance of like protection and then, you know, comfort, this kind of hard exterior where the man has to go almost not like hunter gatherer mentality, right? Like you go out and you go slay the beast today and I'm going to gather the fruits and, um, you know, the berries and things so that if you don't get a kill today, we still have something here at home. And this home is a comfortable place. And this is a place where you can come and rest and relax. And I can then take care of you as you were out working to take care of me all day. But today's women seem to want to just like pick and choose all of that. And they really wanted, they really don't, I guess, want to admit that there's value in that. 
maybe that's the biggest problem. Maybe we are too afraid to admit that gender roles are actually better for us um, and that we've been duped into thinking that these gender roles are somehow, uh, you know, worse than, than, than not having them. And I guess I would, I guess I would debate any kind of feminist woman about that. I, I would, I would argue that we are much better off when men and women can stick in their traditional roles because they both bring value to the table. They are equally as important to the other person and to the family unit and to society as a whole. Let's not forget about that. So amongst the four walls of your house, you know, you're raising good children. They go out, they become productive members of society and their community. They're kind to the other kids at school, you know, all of those things. So these, these gender roles actually offer us significantly more stability than we are than we are giving them and again i think that that is part of the overall plan is to eliminate those gender roles because the powers that be know just how important they are and know that a society functions significantly better when those things are in place and when they are intact so I'm going to take a little break. We're going to step away for a quick commercial break. Um, but when I come back, I'm going to kind of, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going on this feminist movement. I'm going to call out my feminists. Where are you? Where you been hiding? Um, but we're going to kind of transition this um, surrounding the, uh, all the transgender stuff that is happening in our world right now. So I am your host, Nurse Beth. You are listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's time and this is Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. 
out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Gone from this sort of, I don't know, 80s, 90s um, feminist idea of women can do everything, um, death to the patriarchy, you know, we don't need men, all of these things. Women are these kind of divine creatures, um, very powerful. And now we sit at a very interesting place in history where literally the patriarchy is erasing women. And all of those women that were out there fighting tooth and nail for women's rights and gender equality and, you know, all of these things to build up and bolster women are missing in the conversation about men pretending to be women. You have biological men now taking women's, taking women's jobs. And when I talk about taking women's jobs, I mean like models, like men modeling women's clothing Um, We've now seen a couple of beauty pageants in which the man, the transgender man, has won the beauty pageant, a woman's pageant. They, They are literally erasing us. We have women's sports now being infiltrated. You know, these men that were just mediocre athletes amongst other men, they're, they're, they're probably embarrassed and they probably realize, oh, hey, if I move on over to the ladies team, yeah, I'll just crush them and I'll get my, I'll get my fame and my notoriety and I'll, you know, certainly not look inward and figure out what's going on, you know, emotionally or mentally or psychologically that you would need to do that. But, you know, they'll get their name on the paper and they'll get their, their medal around their neck and they'll be fulfilled for however long. But in the meantime, you have, you have people that are, are so accepting of this that they are attacking the people who are not accepting of this, of the literal erasing of women. And when I talk about like, I mean, it, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts and it bothers me to my core because as a woman, My, I mean, I just look at the miracle that a woman's 
body is. Take away all of the other gifts that God has given us as far as our, you know, emotional intelligence. And I, I, you know, I talked about it already, our nurturing capabilities and all of these like innate things in our spirit as women, take all of those away and just simply look at our physical bodies and what they were created to do. We are, we are the creators of life. Every, every person, you know, on this planet was birthed from a woman, even transgender men and transgender women birthed from women. We are capable of growing and, you know, um, nourishing what starts out as a cell, you know, the start of a human being to a, to a baby, to a newborn baby. And then on top of that, we have a food source for them after they are born. This in and of itself is so miraculous and absolutely worth celebrating and worth recognizing. It is worth recognizing that our physical structure is, is an absolute wonder. It is an absolute wonder. And this is being not only stripped away, but our womanhood is being devalued so much that men parading around as women think that being a woman is simply putting on a dress, putting on a wig, wearing prosthetic breasts, putting on some lipstick. That is so demoralizing and so demeaning. I pride myself on someone who is, it it takes a lot to offend me. I'll just put it that way. Like little things that maybe rile up other people, like it doesn't bother me, rolls off my back. I'm almost unoffendable. But this, this whole situation has me so offended. It's this idea. It's like, it's like, it's like all of these men parading around as women are like caricatures. They've created, they've created these like alter egos and the way they talk and the way they walk and the outfits that they choose. Right. It's like all very theatrical it's all very stereotypical. It's all very just, uh, um, it, it, uh, yeah, it's just, it's like, it's like they're all playing a character. And yet somehow all, all, all the feminists who think that, you know, women are amazing and all of this, are just letting this slide. They're just letting these men come in and parade around 
as women. And I don't know if it's because we've gotten to such a stage in our society where like feelings clearly matter to so many more people than actual facts. I think that, that the gender topic is like a clear example of that. Like the fact that, you know, depending on who you ask on what day, um, they can be one gender or the other or no gender, or they could be, you know, a, a cat or whatever. And that if you, if you somehow don't agree with that, because it's not factually accurate, it doesn't matter. Their feelings trump any biology, science, fact whatsoever. I don't participate in that. It's really hard, but I just can't. I refuse because I'm an intelligent person. I am smart enough to know that there are two genders biologically you can feel the, whatever, whatever sort of way you want to feel is fine. That's not going to change anything. And yet there is absolutely no outcry from old or modern day feminists. None. I think they've gotten caught in the trap. I think they've gotten caught in the trap of, oh my gosh, if I speak out about this, I'm probably going to be accused of being a far right, right wing conservative. Ooh, I don't want that. I don't want to be accused of that. Because really, there's no more middle ground in our society anymore, I don't think. So instead of not advocating for biological women, they are now playing the game of, well, those, those are women too. They're trans women. And we have to support them as well because all, all women are women. Or if somebody says they're a woman, they're a woman, even though they have a full beard and lipstick on. It's, it's wild to me. It's wild. And those same women were the women, you know, back in the day trying to, trying to take down the patriarchy. And it's like they're so lost that they can't even see that they're, they're on now the side of the patriarchy. <laughs> They've now abandoned women and the pendulum has swung and they are now on the side of the patriarchy. But what I also think is fascinating about this is that we shame on gender roles so hard. This idea of being a housewife is, you know, no good. You're of, you're of no use to society. This idea that toxic masculinity, these men out there, you know, they're, they don't, they're not in touch with their feelings or, you know, they just, they just want to hunt and drink beer all day. This, oh, these masculine men. We are so quick to demonize those 
However, none, none of these transgender women are saying, oh, well, I can do any job a man can do. I'm going to go work on an oil rig. I'm going to go, you know, do, do some physically challenging job that typically only a man would do. They're not doing that. They're literally falling in line, lockstep with traditional female roles. But it's only okay for them to do it because they're trans women. This is where the mental gymnastics of this just makes my brain hurt. We are demonizing and like, you know, villainizing biological women in having these roles. But then the minute that a trans woman jumps on over and crosses teams and puts on a dress and puts on lipstick, we are, we're celebrating it. We're celebrating these hard and fast black and white gender roles and images. It's so bizarre to me. And it's so bizarre to me that nobody that's kind of like on that team of support for them, like is raising their hand and like asking some questions. I don't get it. I don't get it. The other thing I don't get is, you know, if, if we're going to talk about this feminist movement and how, um, you know, women get so offended if they are, you know, catcalled on the street or if they wear a slinky dress to a bar and, you know, a m man stares at, stares at their, their backside or, you know, keeps looking at their breasts and maybe they've got cleavage showing. Like, we're so quick to say, oh, well, I wear this for me and that doesn't give a man a right to, you know, X, Y, and Z touch me or hit on me or any of these things. And yet, look at all of the drag queens. All of these drag queens, all they do is sexualize themselves. All they do is parade around as these sexual creatures. Like, that's all that it is to be a woman, is just to exploit one's sexuality. And it's okay for them. Like, it's okay for them. Imagine going to a bar and there are women that, you know, are wearing tight dresses and, you know, like I said, they've got cleavage. You know that there's other women in the bar saying, oh, my gosh, look at her. Look at how she's dressed. All she wants is attention. Look at her. Yet those same women... If a man dressed as a woman, a true transgendered woman, were to walk in the bar in that same tight, skimpy dress 
with the prosthetic breasts showing. He would be cheered and championed for showing his, his, his true self, for living authentically. The mental gymnastics is exhausting. The hypocrisy is exhausting. The, the fact that people are cheering and supporting this delusion is exhausting. And I just can't imagine that you have a, you know, a feminist who's now in her 60s or 70s who is out there on the front lines making waves. I can't imagine that they're seeing what is happening and they're okay with it. But I have to assume that they are. Because there's no outrage. Because there's no representation from our old school feminists talking about how amazing it is to be a woman and how liberating it is to be a woman. And we don't need men. And men, you know, we just, we just don't need them. And we can do anything that they can do. Until men are literally stealing everything from us. And there's just no outrage. There's no conversation. Nothing. It's, it's such a, I think it's just, again, another example of where we are in society where everybody is just too afraid. Everyone just bows down to the mob and whatever, you know, um, hot topic is emotionally fueling people at the time. You're not going to speak out about it because you're too afraid. Parents are too afraid. Oh, my God. What are the neighbors going to say? What are my family members going to say? What's the PTO going to say? And they're certainly not turning around to their children and educating their children. They're certainly not having those conversations. Certainly not having conversations that it's okay. My son, I have conversations with him all the time. Guess what? It's okay if when you get married, if your wife just wants to stay home, and she wants to raise your children, and she wants to cook you dinner, and she wants to keep your house clean. That's okay. And it's great that you would leave the home every day and go out and work hard to provide for her and your children. It's fantastic. And I have conversations with my son that just because you Feel something doesn't mean you are something. Feelings are important. We don't have to live in them. And they certainly don't need to be your identity. I mean, he's 13 
And the things that he says to me about what he notices and what he hears at school and what his teachers say is astounding. It's astounding that there is such a, just such a lack of ability to stand up for oneself, to stand up for what you believe in, to stand up for right and wrong, to have common sense dialogue. But I'm still going to wait. I'm going to hold out hope. Because I am even still, even three years into like all of this nonsense and the madness that keeps coming to the forefront, I'm still an optimist. I don't know why, but I am. I think that's just who I am at my core. But I am going to hold out hope. I'm going to hold out hope that enough people recognize the overall detriment to society that takes place when we live in this fantasy land and when we don't examine things that come wrapped in like a super shiny package, feminism. Oh my gosh. It's such a shiny package. Like, yes, women, women empowerment. And we don't dive a little bit deeper to look at like the underneath, like what are the layers below? What, what could be the potential fallout from this? Are there any ulterior motives? What was wrong with how things were? Was that broken? If it wasn't broken, why do we need this new idea, this new system? I'm going to hold out hope that all of the things that are going on now especially pertaining to women and this, this, this transgender stuff. I'm going to hold out hope that enough people are going to wake up and they're going to look at how toxic and how detrimental it is and how confusing it is for our children. And that as a collective, we will, you know, not be so, tolerant of things that are so destructive. We have to stop that. I can't actually, I can't imagine being a parent of a girl right now. Like I feel pretty lucky to be a boy mom in this day and age because I am emphasizing masculinity. I am working very, very hard to have him be a man's man, there is nothing more that I want than for him to step fully into his manhood. You stand up, you shake hands, you make eye contact, you, you walk on the outside, you know, when you are walking on a sidewalk, um, you know, if you're, if you're going up an escalator, you stand behind the woman. If you're going down the escalator, you stand in front of the woman. These are things that are critical for me as a parent to teach my son. They are what breathe life into our communities. They are what breathe life into future relationships. 
He's going to be a husband one day. He's going to be a dad one day. I want all of those things in his life to be solid in his existence in his four walls and when he takes that out into, into the community. And I can't imagine being a girl mom right now. I can't imagine it. Especially too, because I was an athlete growing up. And I just think to myself, like, what if I played an individual sport? You know, like I, th- I, I always think about that swimmer, that swimmer, Leah Thomas or Leah Thompson or whoever she is, that she was a bad boy swimmer. So she decided, decided to jump on over to the girls team. And, you know, then she, she wins and she robbed those other women of their opportunity, of their hard work, of, you know, all of the training that they had been putting in their years of dedication to their sport and their craft gone, gone because Leah was a bad boy swimmer. Sorry, suck it up buttercup. And you were so, you you know, your, your ego or whatever, whatever it was got in the way and you had to jump ship. But I can't, I, I, I can't even, I can't even imagine just how I would console my child or having those conversations about, you know, if, if, if a boy is going to, you know, there's, here's the thing. There's a big difference between co-ed. I don't have a problem with co-ed. In fact, there's a girl on my on my son's basketball team. She's the only girl. She's a smoke show. She's incredible. She's a great basketball player. She's an asset to the team. She's not pretending to be a boy on the boys' basketball team. Huge difference. It's this, it's it's the pretending. And it's the pretending in the most stereotypical, offensive ways. All for for personal gain. For personal gain. For attention. For whatever is lacking in you as a human being or as an individual. That this is then the way that it has to come out. That you have to feel validation. To get that recognition. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I have experienced on the bright side of all of this. I, and again, I don't know if it's going to trickle down to the younger generations, but I know I'd say friends that I have in their like mid thirties up to, you know, older than my age and older than me. It's almost like this intense calling to be, so, so entrenched in our gender roles. Like we are literally all going back to the basics, like pioneer lifestyle, like little house on the prairie. Like we want to cook, we want to bake, we want to sew, we want to can, we want to do all of these things and we want to do it so womanly and with this grace and with this charm and with this elegance that literally only a woman can do, a biological woman. 
and support our spouses, boyfriends, partners, whomever we have in our lives to be that quintessential male that only biological men can be. It's kind of a beautiful thing, actually. It's kind of a like almost like a rebirth, if you will, like almost a going back in time. And I'm a huge fan of it. But what I'm not a fan of is just the continued like mental, like just nonstop, like plate of spaghetti trying to figure out the thought processes that are taking place in a lot of people that's being demonstrated outwardly. But like I said, I'm going to hold out hope. I'm going to hold out hope that those old school feminists recognize what hap- what's happening, that they get back to basics, they get back to their roots, that they kick out the patriarchy and say, this is not a space for you, <laughs> men. <laughs> Being a woman is not a space for you, men. And that we kind of correct course. I'm hopeful. I'm always hopeful. Glass half full for sure. But we'll see. I guess only only time will tell, really. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Beth, and you can find me here every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. Until next time, be safe. It's time